Praise the Lord. Well, it's another wonderful opportunity to share God's Word tonight. Uh, Tonight we're going to uh, talk about study, um, uh, maturing in Christ. Uh, As you all know, we've been looking at this relationship-wise with Christ in a a four-prone approach. Uh, Salvation. Uh, backsliders, the prodigal sons and daughters, and Christians who are immature and mature. So along the way, we're going to talk about both. But one thing I learned from a young lady that I knew for many years, and she worked in a bank, and she said they never in the bank taught them or showed them counterfeit money. What they did is got them familiar with the real money. So no matter how the counterfeit tried to work its way in, they would look at it and know it's not real. And so that's what we want to do. We want to spend most of our time focusing on Jesus. You know, not looking at different things that the enemy will try to bring in to take our focus off of God. But if we can keep our focus on him and we learn about a real relationship with Jesus, the real Lord and Savior, that in itself is going to help us so much. And so today I just want to talk to you about maturing in Christ as I spoke to you Sunday and I uh, dropped a few things, you know, and I just want to reiterate some of those. I talked about how um, God knows what he has called each individual to do. And he will give us individually what is needed to accomplish that. In other words... Whatever God, see, God knows, and I want to share this scripture with you because it just blessed me. I love this scripture. It's in Isaiah, the 46th chapter, uh, verse 9 and 10. It said, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Verse 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning. Oh, watch out now. Can't nobody else do that. You see, it's amazing that in the beginning, at birth, before birth, before our parents were born, before their parents and grandparents were born, God could already tell us what was going to go on in our lives. He already knew. He already knew where you would be born. He knew where you would end up at, who you were going to marry. He knew it all. He could tell us the end at the beginning. No one else can do that. He said, and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. And that's Isaiah the 40th. 
Isaiah, the 46th chapter, the 9th and the 10th verse. And God here is trying to let us know that he is the one in charge. You know, so many times we look at man to be in charge, to lead us, to guide us. But God is the one in charge and he have decided even before the beginning what the end shall be. And we talked a little bit about the sincere milk of the word in the book of 1 Peter, the second chapter and the second verse, talking about how as Christians we should grow. We should grow by the sincere milk of the word. You know, uh, we must make sure that We are enjoying God's milk and taking it in to us so we can spiritually grow. That's what uh, God's word is to us. We don't need to try to bite off big pieces of meat when we still need milk. And so those are some of the scriptures we have already visited. And um, also in the book of 1 John, the fourth chapter, chapter in the 12th verse he said no man have seen God at any time if we love one another then God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us perfected means to mature. It means um, to bring to completion, to uh, perfectly or where the joints fit together. It means a purpose. It means to restore. And you know, I tell people all the time, God said you can come as you are, but I guarantee you, he won't leave you the same. He will change us. He will make us because he told us that we are new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have been made new. And so God will bring the best out of us. You know, as the word said, as a newborn babe desiring the sensible milk of the word. And we know from experience, any of us who have had young children, we have been able to watch them grow. And, uh, and it, they grow by milk. A baby isn't born eating meat, bread, or potatoes. Uh, a child needs milk. It needs to be nourished. And so here we see so many scriptures, you know, uh, in the book of Matthew, the 18th chapter, And the third verse says, and said, verily, this is Jesus saying, verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we have to become as little children so we can be taught. You see, it's hard sometimes to teach an adult Because most adults think they already know. And whether they're right or wrong, you can't tell them 
anything. So we need that heart, a child's heart. A child is always searching for something new to learn. A child will see you do something and want to know how to do it. And so their mind and their hearts are open to learn. And God, the wonderful thing about God, he is open to teach us. Isn't he a wonderful Lord and Savior? And so uh, another thing I want you to look at and think about when we talk about this word uh, perfect, it means, like I said before, to make complete, to accomplish, to finish, to bring to an end. And this is something I really want your mind to, uh, to grasp. And to add what is yet waiting in order to render a thing full. So, in other words, if there's anything lacking or missing, it's given to render that full. Also, they use in some of the um, definition, it talks about a piece of uh, machinery. And it talks about adding that part to make the machinery do as it was created to do. How many of us know we were created to worship the Lord? And sometimes we have to allow God to add to us. Well, not sometimes, all the time we need to allow him to add to us, to bring us to that point of perfection. Perfect doesn't mean i do everything right. It means I allow God to increase me, to finish me, to bring me to an end, or to add what is yet wanting in me in order to render me to be a thing that's full and able to bring to fruition what he created me for. That's what being perfect is. It doesn't mean everything I do is perfect. I'm sorry. I am not perfect in the way that humans think of perfect. But we've got to understand what God's vision of us being perfect is. So the book of Philippians says in the first chapter, verse 6, it said, Being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, God will not quit on you. As long as you're willing to stay in, as long as you're willing to keep trying and, and keep allowing God to mold you, to make you, to bring you where he see that you're falling short, he'll bring you up. I mean, look at what Jesus did. Jesus knew we couldn't walk through a life doing everything right. So you know what he did? He came and walked it for us. He did it for us. So we would know that even though I couldn't, he did it for me. And so my righteousness, the righteousness of God would be inputted in me because of my faith in Jesus Christ. And we see that when he deals with Abraham. Oh my goodness, God is so good to us. Oh, he is so good to us. 
So uh, after going over a couple of scriptures with you, and some of them I might refer back to, I wanted to go ahead and put them out there. So if I refer to them, you'll have them, you'll know where they're at. But um, I want to take a look now at the book of Ephesians. Because this is what's important. When we look at this being made perfect or maturing, is it a reason God wants us to mature? There is a purpose for this. This is not just so we can think highly of ourselves, but there is a purpose for this. There is a purpose in the church, and there is a purpose in the world. You know, I... I thought about, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes we go out to these different jobs and, and, and we want to be great at them and we'll do everything we need to do, take whatever classes we do to make ourselves proficient in our natural job. But when it comes to God, we're tired. When it comes to God, I can't go to Bible study another night. When it comes to God, oh, God, I'm tired. I can't put that extra hour in tonight reading over scriptures. I'm exhausted. But when we go out in the world, we'll work hard and we'll do what we need to do. A lot of it is that we will make more money at our job. And some of it is just wanting to be proud of oneself. But how many of you know, God is not with a pride thing. God is not with that. And so, you know, here God is trying to show us that it's time for us to perfect the things of God. Not saying that we get everything right, but what we are saying is that we will mature in it. I'll do a better job today than I did tomorrow a better job tomorrow than I did today, excuse me. Always striving to be better. Always trying to use what my Father have given me, my spiritual gifts, these things that he have given me that'll help me along and that I can help someone else, you know. Uh, my uh, job uh, at one point was nursing and nursing. And when I went into nursing, I really went into nursing because I thought it was a great thing to do to help someone who's sick. You know, my dad had been sick for a while, and I thought that would be a great thing to do. I really went into nursing because I wanted to help people. I didn't like seeing people sick and anything. I felt like I could do. I wanted to do it to help them. So that was one of the areas I wanted to educate myself. And I, I spent many years uh, in that profession, but I'm retired from that now, which gives me a lot of time to work on the things of God. And there's no way I should work harder at that than I will on the things of God. So, you know, to grow in God, number one, uh, being saved, you, you have to be saved to be increased in God. Number two, you have to study your word. You have to be able to read word and comprehend the word. And I know some of you might say, well, you know, Pastor Sharon, I read it. And I just don't understand. Well, I'm going to let you into a little secret. 
Most people who read the word didn't start off understanding right off the bat. You have to stay consistent at it. You have to keep on trying. You have to let God know that this is something you want to do. You you can't just run in there for a hot minute and think God's going to drop all these little gold nuggets on you and just open up the whole his whole heart to you. You got to let God know you really want this and you have to give some of your time to it. But in the book of Ephesians, the uh, fourth chapter, I want to start at verse seven and starting here, it's going to talk about some of the spiritual gifts. It talks about the gifts of Christ and it talks about how, well, let's go ahead and start reading and we'll go from there. Starting at verse 7, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Now here is talking about how when God, when Jesus was on the cross, first he ascended by them putting him on the cross and raising him up. And Jesus, as we know, died on the cross. And the Bible says he descended and he took the keys. He took the keys of hell and he gave gifts unto men. It tells us right here. It says, so now that he ascended, what is it? but that he also descended first. So before he, was, he went up again, as we said, he descended to the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heaven. So even after that, he ascended back up to God. And he ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. So you see, there were some things that had already been spoken. And every one of them, not a single thing that God has spoken and have said would happen, they all has happened. Not one have been missed. And this is what God was saying in Isaiah. He was talking about he is the Lord. And he said that if he said it, it shall come to pass. So in other words, what I said way back in the Old Testament, Jesus came and he walked in the way of God to make all these things come to pass. And so even with all that, with the ascension, the descension, and ascending again, he said that he might feel all things. 
verse 11 says, and he gave some apostles and some prophet and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So here he began to name off some of these gifts that he has given to the body of Christ. So we see the apostles, we see the prophets, we see the evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So when you look at uh, some of the uh, some of the readings, it it talks about how it puts pastors and teachers together because pastors will teach, and we find that to be true in most cases. But here we see that these are gifts to the body of Christ. But let, let's see why he gave these gifts. It said, for the perfecting. And in there, you can put the word maturing or equipping. In other words, of the saint. So the saint of God will have everything they need to make it in this world as Christians, as followers of Christ. You know, I like a definition my uh, Pastor Lester, our pastor, used sometimes, you know, what is a Christian? He said, well, some people say they're Christians. He said, but it's when you strive to be Christ-like. You see, we haven't fully made it there yet we've accepted him as our lord and savior and now we're at the point where god is maturing us he's maturing us to a point you know where we're not just thinking about ourselves you know a good way to tell you're maturing as a christian you begin to think about others you begin to think about how things affect other people and not just always yourself. See, this is a part of the perfecting of the same. To be taught the word, to be taught that you need the Holy Ghost to make it in this life. You need the Spirit of God. If not, you cannot fight this spiritual fight. And we have to be able, you see, listen, God, Jesus have won. But let me tell you something. The enemy will still try to bring stuff to your doorstep. Not only will he try to bring it to your doorstep, he'll try to bring it in your house. And so we have to be smart enough. This is where it comes, being equipped, being taught reading the word, learning the word, knowing that we can take our shield of faith and whatever comes our way, we can have that shield of faith to protect us from those fiery dots, you know, so it won't get into our head or our heart. We wear our helmet of salvation. We begin to use the armor that the Bible have taught us about. We begin to use what Jesus have taught us in the word, what he taught the disciples. So we can be better saints. We can be perfected as saints. We can mature as saints. And it's all for the working of the ministry. See, there is 
a work that the ministry need to do. Listen, I'm, I don't want to hear any more about who's on the sick list. I want to know who's on the healing list. I want to know who's been healed. We need to, we learn that there is a way I can say this to give God the glory. In other words, when people talk about a sick list, it's like glorifying sickness, but we don't want to do that. What we really want to do is glorify the fact that Jesus is a healer. And we have to learn. This is a part of the working of the ministry. We've got to learn how to talk. We got to talk as men and women and children of God of the learned tongue. Not just repeating what we heard someone say, but digging into the word. We got to stop saying in the lion's den. Nowhere in the Bible do you see God glorifying the lion by telling them it's their den. Because it's not. It belongs to God. And they wouldn't be in there unless the Lord allowed them to. We have to watch what comes out of our mouth. See, this is a part of the working of the ministry. This is a part of edifying the body. And this is why God has given us teachers and pastors and preachers that the body will be edified, that it will be built up. The evangelists go out and tell the world about Jesus. And listen, we have to understand that every member have to evangelize. It's not just one or two people that go out and evangelize. We all have to do that. There's not a day or time that it's not our job to tell someone about Jesus, to tell them how he saved, to tell them how he died for them. Each and every day as a mature Christian, I need to be telling somebody about Jesus. I need to tell them. I need to tell them about Jesus. This is what edifies the body. This is what builds the body up. Simply because of our love for the Lord and knowing that this is what he's called us to do. Finding our place in the ministry. If my place in the ministry is preparing food, I want to prepare that food with love. I don't ever want to go serve food in the house of the Lord by slapping something down on someone's plate or giving them what I don't want, you know. We do a church giveaway, but we always tell people, you know, don't bring anything in here to give someone that you wouldn't use. You bring the if you're going to bring clothes to give away, make sure you wash them. Make sure you press them. Put them on hangers. Make them look presentable. If they're torn, throw them away. Don't bring those wore-down shoes in here to give to someone. You know why? Because that's not how God gives to us. We need to edify. We need to build up the body of Christ, by equipping 
equipped in the saints. And so we go on in verse 13, and we're still in the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and now we're on verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now, isn't that something? Until we all come in the unity of the faith. In other words, we don't want to leave anybody out. The Bible said, let the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. Sometimes, you know, when you're strong, that means you just need to help somebody else come along. You know, let's stop wasting time with negative things about others in the body of Christ. But if we see a fault in our brother or sister, let's just try to help bring them up. It's a teachable moment, not in a fussy way, but, you know, we can easily... You know, tell a person when you learned that. You know, letting them know. I haven't always known this, see. It was a time someone had to teach me. You know, you take ties, for instance. You can tell a person, you know, how you learned about it. Or, you know, helping your brother or sister or your neighbor. Some people are not comfortable witnessing to people and you can tell them the way you do it there is a way we can tell people without being so offensive and i'm for one i'll be the first one to say that i'm still asking god to help me work on that in the way i present things to people because it is not my intent to hurt people feeling but let's be for real sometimes we can come across that way and so here we see we've got to be concerned with everybody coming in the unity of Christ, the unity of the faith. You know, your faith might be stronger than someone else's, but that's okay. That's okay. All you need to do, pray for your brother or sister, give them some scriptures, you know, just help them along, you know, and, and, you know, I can tell you this, I don't mind going to people and saying, you know, I think you did that in a great way. Tell me how you thought of that, or tell me what made you do it that way, you know, and you can learn a lot from other people. None of us know everything, and we haven't all matured in the same area. So sometimes asking for help allows that person to feel like they have something to offer as well. And so we all need to come into the unity of faith. And it's the verse 13 goes on to say, and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man. In other words, into a complete into uh, a mature man, meaning complete in what God have called us to do. And so here we see that God is calling us. He's calling us to be in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect and a complete man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Let me tell you something. I can live all the days of my life, and I'll still be working on that. But that's okay. You know why? 
because I realize that God is so vast. He is so vast. It's so much to God. I will never learn it all. And if I learn something about him each and every day, I have accomplished something great. And not only do I learn about him, but I allow him to implement that, that's which is like him and of him. Allow him to implement it in me that I can become as he is, then I thank God for that. Because the statues of God to be have a fulfillment in Christ is an awesome thing to have. Then we go on, verse 14 says, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. In other words, every time somebody comes with something new, don't let them just keep shifting you around. You move from this place to that place over there, or not necessarily even a place, but a different way of thinking. There is only one way of thinking when it comes to God, and that's thinking based on the word of God, based on the leading of the Holy Ghost. That is it. There is no new age stuff. Jesus is not doing anything different than what's written in his word. And if you have a question about something you hear, the number one thing, the first thing you should do is go look in the word for it. Because Jesus, he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not going to change on you. He is the same. And so we, as our maturing process grows, we will stop being tossed to and fro like little children. We'll begin to carry ourselves as adults allowing the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, to lead and guide us. We'll stop being carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And this is what we don't want to allow. We don't want to allow to happen to our younger brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't want to see them tossed to and fro. We don't want to let them fall in the hands of deceivers. But the key is not to point out the deceiver. The key is that they're taught the true word of God. And they're taught how to mature in Christ and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we need to do. The last verse I'm going to read here, it said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. That's what we want to do. We want our teaching to be in love. We want to speak the truth, but this love will only be perfected when we turn to Christ for it. 
when we allow the Lord Jesus Christ to rule in our hearts, when we allow him to lead and guide us in teaching his people, when we truly believe and know and count on him, when we're being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work, not just any old work, but a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, we don't have to muster up strength to do this work. We just have to be confident that he who said it, he will perform it. He who have begun this good work in us, we just need to be confident of this very thing that he which have begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, we have to have faith in him. We have to believe in him that he who said it will bring it to pass. muster up the strength to do what God said he will do. I just have to get out of the way and allow God to do it in my life. Not only I, but you as well. And I just thank you for your time today. I'm going to bring it to a close here. Leaving, I'm going to read this same scripture again because I think it's important that we get this in our spirit. Philippians the book of Philippians, the first chapter and the sixth verse. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not going to start today, take a break, pick up next week. He will continue this good work. Because everything that our Lord, our God, our Father has said, he will bring it to pass. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you now. Because our hearts are fixed on you, Lord. Father, we believe that it is you who have called us to this good work. And we believe, Father, that you will continue it. You will continue to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And Father, we open our hearts and we open our minds to you that you can perform this good work in us. And that all the gifts that you have given to the body, God, that we will take heed to it and that we will appreciate the gifts that you have given to us. Father, our pastors, our ministers, our deacons, our deaconess, each and every member of the body of Christ, I want to say to you right now, Father, I appreciate, I appreciate each and every one. I appreciate God 
that even in this time when the world is uncertain, we are certain of you, God. We have confidence in you, God, for you are our sure foundation, God. You will not change on us. You're the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore, God. We trust in you, Lord. We turn to you, for you are Jehovah, the Most High. We are confident that you will do all that you said in your word that you would do. And we trust you for it, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I thank you. I give you glory, honor, and praise. And we magnify your most holy name. We exalt you on high, God, for you are worthy to be exalted. You're worthy to be worshipped. You're worthy to be bowed to, Lord. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And I now turn you back in the hands of Pastor Lester. Thank you. Hey, greetings and good day to all creating the prayer culture for God. Listeners, uh, my name is Brother Quentin. I am the digital media specialist for creating a prayer culture for God. And I just wanted to take this opportunity right now to thank each and every one of you all for you all's continuous support for creating a prayer culture for God. Um, We just recently hit a huge milestone of 10K plays across Anchor. Um, And that is huge. Um, As many of you all know, this podcast was launched November 29th of 2019. Um, and it was a mandate uh, that the, the Lord gave Pastor Lester Hayes to start a podcast. Originally, he was mandated to start a Creating a Prayer Culture for God phone line. And from there, it led to this podcast that in a matter of six or seven months have has went on to touch numerous amounts of people. So it is truly a blessing, truly a great opportunity for and I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you all that have continued to share the message that have continued to share this across all platforms. Um, you all have been sharing it across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and um, it's because of that that we've been able to continue to grow. Uh, if you've noticed the sound quality that we put out, have gotten a lot better uh, because you all have allowed us to be able to upgrade the sound equipment just off of your listening, just off of your supporting. Um, we have quite a few of you all also subscribed um, to our podcast. It's voluntary. You don't have to subscribe. This is um, a completely free platform, a completely free podcast. We're not charging anybody for it, but there are options uh, for those of you that want to be contributors to the podcast every month uh, because your contributions only enhance the kingdom. They enhance our equipment so that we're able to continue to put out more and more and more of God's great word. So I wanted to take the time out to thank each and every one of you all for your continuous support. And uh, I ask that you all continue to rock with us, continue to listen in every morning, 6 a.m., creating a prayer culture for God phone line, phone number 712-775-7085, access code 123-218. Again, that number is 712-775-7085, access code 123-218, pound sign. Again, 712-775-7085, access code 123-218, pound. So for all of y'all that's listening in every morning, and just want to thank y'all and again continue to share this out share this on facebook share this on instagram share this on twitter share this on snapchat share this across all your platforms all right so again thank y'all so much for rocking with us thank y'all so much for listening and uh hey we'll see you all back here tomorrow